The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, and welcome back to Afternoons with Mike here on the Shepherd Radio Network. Excited each time to be with you here on our network, across from Orlando to Ocala, Gainesville, on up into the villages as well. And on the line with me today, a new voice that is on our station in Ocala, WRZN. And that is Jay Rudolph, and he is on the line with me. Jay is the host of a radio program called Plumline, and I am so excited to learn a little bit about his background, find out how it is that he came about to do this radio show, what his experiences are in broadcasting, and as a person and a fellow believer as well. Welcome aboard, Jay. Hey, well, thank you, Mike. I'm excited to be heard there in your region. It is really great to have you. So that being said, tell us a little bit about where you are from right now and your home base and all that. Sure. I'll give you as brief of a background as we can here. I started off in radio, actually, when I was in high school in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. And there was a little hometown radio station where I grew up and did some interning there and went off to college at the University of Wisconsin, worked a bit in radio in Madison, Wisconsin, and then came back to uh, Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. And so that's a real brief explanation of how I got started in radio. But from there, it was a little bit later in life that I actually came to faith in Jesus Christ. I grew up in church but didn't know Jesus as my personal Savior until I was in my 20s. And from that point, when I came to faith in Christ, it wasn't long until God showed me that he wanted me to move out of secular radio. I was a sports director and a farm director uh, there in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, and God called uh, myself and my wife to Iowa. Didn't know anybody there in Iowa, and he opened up uh, a door for Christian radio with uh, a network called Kinship Christian Radio out of Minnesota and Iowa, and so that's where I really got Uh, rolling into uh, the calling of Christian radio, and specifically at that time, uh, doing news from a biblical perspective. And that all led up to the plumb line eventually, but that's that's a a brief snapshot of a background there, Mike. What year was that that you made that uh, change from secular radio to Christian radio? Yeah, so that was in 2000 that God called us uh, from Wisconsin to Iowa, And so, yeah, in fact, I I recall actually when everyone was afraid that uh, we were going to be, you know, all the computers were going to go, uh, uh, you know, on the fritz with the change of the century. Oh, Y2K, yeah. uh, (laughs) Yep, the Y2K. That was about the time that God uh, also was calling us (laughs) to, to come here. So we survived through that and moved to Iowa. That is such a great memory for me. I'll tell you what my memory of that is. On the New Year's Eve, it was our tradition back then. I still lived in Orlando, and our church staff had every year a big New Year's get-together with all the team members on the church staff and their families and kids. And we would shoot fireworks and have dinner and games and just all sorts of fun. And then we'd watch, obviously, just like everybody else did, we'd watch together the ball drop in New York. And we had the network on and we're all standing around. This is a large staff back then. We had seven guys, full-time guys on on the team and uh, families were all gathered around the big TV watching this big, wasn't that big of a TV back then, but watching the ball drop. Unbeknownst to us, one of the leaders, a real practical joker, had slipped out behind us and walked into our the room where the breaker panel was And at the exact moment, everyone's counting down, you know, three, two, one, happy new, we didn't even get happy new year out and the lights went out. He (laughs) threw the breaker and we thought, oh my word, what we had talked about, what we had heard about, it has happened, man. We've lost the power grid here on Y2, and then all of a sudden the lights come back on and he comes out just laughing up. Man, I'll never forget that feeling. And it, it was like the biggest non-event, right? I mean, you know, I know there were a few issues, but nothing like they thought. Yeah, thank the Lord that it wasn't because, yeah, people were expecting a pretty uh, pretty serious 
repercussions for all of that. But yeah, it turned out to be pretty much nothing. So that's all right. How did you have an interest for sports in the beginning? Uh, well, let's see. I've, I think I've always had interest in sports. Grew up, as I said, in Wisconsin. A big fan of uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Bucks, uh, the Wisconsin Badgers, because of course that's where I attended college. The Packers as well. You know, I wasn't far at all from Green Bay where I grew up. So, so yeah, I just got really interested in sports. And when I started uh, doing the sports director job for uh, KFIZ in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. They are kind of the major local um, games uh, broadcaster of high school games. And so I did hundreds and hundreds of play-by-play and still miss those days kind of. That's something that I've always had an interest or desire to get back into. Maybe the Lord will open that door at some point. But, um, yeah, just really love doing play-by-play. You know, my entrance into broadcasting was the same as yours. It was in secular radio. Mine was in country radio up in Indiana, and I was there for a Mm. number of years. Then I went to television and did a weather show on a TV affiliate for CBS in, in that city. And then ultimately, that just was not as much fun to me as being in radio and found myself back in Christian radio as an operations manager before being called into ministry. So I get what you're talking about. I mean, you made that transition from the world of secular broadcasting, which we all know radio has changed quite a bit across the board since you and I were doing those kinds of things back then, right? Yeah, it sure has. I can recollect when I started, they had, for the music, they had these large reel-to-reel decks. And one of my vivid memories is I was, as I said, I was just uh, in high school and was probably more interested with the the cable TV company actually and and the radio station were both owned by the same owner. And I recall they had all these screens where you could watch any of the cable TV stations. And I would normally be in there when the Milwaukee Brewers game was on. And that's all I had to do is I had to run in and, you know, play the commercials when they took breaks in the baseball game. Otherwise I pretty much had nothing to do. And so I could recall times when, you know, you'd have to run in there real quickly. And I recall other times where, uh, when we're actually playing music, but all I had to do was read a weather forecast during the music, but you'd, you'd get, you know, distracted doing something. And all of a sudden one time I went in there and here, the reel had come right off the deck. It had run out of tape on it, and so there was nothing. Playing. Oh, <laughs> so, man. There these memories of just these nightmares that that happened. So I, apparently I, yeah, the boss must have not been listening that day. <laughs> I have it right there with you, man. I've got a couple of those nightmares, too. Like having a guest one time when I was uh, charged with recording for playback, the Paul, uh, uh, let's see, Paul, uh, what's his name? Paul, the um, oh, Harvey, Paul oh, Harvey. Harvey maybe, or... Yeah, I had yeah. to, I had to record the Paul Harvey show. It came down the network line. I can't believe his name escaped me there for a moment. Came down the network line like at 1030 and we'd play it back at noon and I completely missed it. And we had to grab it from another radio station back then. Uh, I mean, that you talk about a bend of technology. We actually took it over a, a phone line hookup that was a pretty nice line. I don't think people on AM radio could ever tell the difference. But boy, that one was uh, one of those horrible nightmares. And there's nothing worse than that. Because they, you know, there's, they've said this about radio, Jay. There's nothing worth less than unused radio airtime. You know what I mean? If you miss the opportunity for it, uh, it's gone and you're, there's no inventory to sit on your shelf and pull back for another use, man. It's, it's gone. So that's really good. And uh, yeah, those days are fun. Uh, I do remember those real to real, uh, programming, uh, days as well. That's what our country station did when I went back, uh, not long after I went back into radio, I was found myself back in country music for a short while, and they used these Drake Chenault reels that were big, and you know, you just it was pretty cool. There was watch technology change, but man, when I started off, it was reel to reel, the old fashioned reel to reel, and playing forty five records and thirty three yep. records. That's what we did. It's really hard to believe how computers have changed the whole face of radio. Man, tell me how you came to know the Lord. You said you came in your 20s to a real position of faith. What was it that did it for you back then? 
Yeah, well, I'll go back a little bit uh, before that. So as I said, I, I grew up in church, but uh, it was a church where the gospel really wasn't preached. And uh, one thing that uh, I stress whenever I share my testimony is, so I had a pastor at that church who had been there for e- eons, and uh, my parents, he married my parents, and so just many, many years that he had been there. And he'd always say that uh, in all of his uh, dozens of years, he never had a kid who scored 100% on the confirmation exam. So that tells you a little bit about the denomination probably. Yeah, right. Not all do confirmation, but this was <laughs> this was one that did confirmation. So I set, I was always a very studious person, and I set my heart to being uh, one who would cause him to not be able to say that ever again. And uh, I achieved that. I, I scored 100% on my confirmation exam, and I remember that day still now. And thinking back on that now as as a believer, on that day, I would have thought, you know, someone would ask me, are you going to heaven? I'd say, yeah, absolutely. I just scored 100% on my confirmation exam. There's no way that I'm not set. I earned my God. spot, right? <laughs> exactly. I've, I've earned everything, done everything that I need to do here. And yet when I tell this to, to kids in particular, I say, you know, assuming that I was at the, the age um, where, you know, I would be uh, accountable um, and I walked out and got hit by a truck, God forbid, on that very day that I scored the 100 percent, I'd be in hell right now. Mm-hmm. And there's not much more astonishing of a statement than that to most of these you know, kids that I share with. And they just can't believe it. How can that possibly be? And then I go on to share, you know, the real gospel. Uh, message, which I had no idea what that was at the time of of getting that 100%. And so it wasn't for, oh, let's see, about 15 years later, I guess, about 15 years later or so from that point, that God uh, brought a a gal into my life who herself had just become a believer uh, through a campus ministry, and that being my future wife, and she is the one who kind of stirred in me, uh, again, to make a long story short, we started to proceed toward, you know, marriage and t- at least talking about, you know, the potential of marriage anyway. And she made just a really a simple statement that she expected uh, in, in her limited understanding of, of what a Christian husband should be like. She expected me to be the spiritual leader uh, to her, her understanding. And I had never heard such talk. Uh, you know, she didn't even realize, I don't think at that point, that I wasn't a wasn't a believer. And so it was that simple question that stirred in me to actually open up the Word of God. And I just basically started reading the Bible from cover to cover for the very first time to find out what she meant by the, the man being the spiritual leader of the household. Mm-hmm. And it was a combination of that along with the fact that in my hometown of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, there was an evangelical free church. Uh, just starting up at the time, and we became a couple of the inaugural members of this Evangelical Free Church. Mm-hmm. Those two things together uh, helped me to to find Jesus Christ, to find out who He really is, that He is the sinless, perfect uh, Savior, the Son of God, and and all these things that I had kind of heard from an intellectual standpoint growing up now became a relationship. It made the you know the, that 18 inch journey from the head to the heart that was needed. Yeah, uh, and that's that's when it all took place. Man, I love that. You know, when you think about how many kids today, Jay, there are that really don't have that background, even that you had. And there are so many kids right now that are growing up with no knowledge, no recollection, no exposure at all to the Word of God, or even for that matter, for a church service that worships the Lord. Uh, And it's no wonder when we look at our country right now and some of the things that we're facing in our nation, it's no wonder we're facing those things with a a populace right now that does not know. And so it's important for people like you, people who have, you know, you're not that far removed from a lot of these young kids here that age-wise, they they, uh, need to know why and what and how it all happened to you. So thank you for sharing that. And God bless your wife for uh, being that uh, kind of almost like a motivation to kind of push through to the real understanding. Because if we took a, the time to really listen to what Jesus said about himself in the word, that alone would make a big difference. And and, and I know that sounds so easy, but to so many, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. For me, until I actually picked up his word and read it for myself and really, you know, let it 
just settle into my heart and, and try to, you know, uh, well, basically allow the Holy Spirit who was drawing me at that time to to take charge of my mind until that really happens for someone. Yeah, things aren't going to change. You're not really going to, to come to faith in Christ or to grow in him until you pick up the word for yourself and really dig in. Well, that's really true. How about uh, kids? Do you guys have children? We have several, yeah. We have seven kids, and oh, uh, three wow. of them are left at home. Uh, four are out of the house and uh, off on their own. And so and so we had uh, three weddings last year, or two weddings last year, I should say, as our first, uh, first couple got married. And now we already have a grandchild in the womb at this point as we speak. And so it's an exciting time here. The, the family things are changing, and most of them have grown up. As I said, half of them, more than half, are out of the house now. Oh, that's great, man. Seven kids. That's an amazing number. We had four and we've got at this stage of the game, you hang around long enough like what we have and you'll find out we, these grandkids are just truly grand. We have 10 of them and they're, <laughs> oh. the oldest one is 22 for crying out loud, man. This is hard to believe. So <laughs> yeah, God. yeah, we're having a great time on that. And I know you are as well. And this idea, we're going to talk more about your radio show in the next segment. Uh, but the idea for continuing on in broadcasting and making that switch to doing what you're doing now, how long has that been in the process? Uh, so it started last year, actually. The show came on in December of 2022 and uh, in Des Moines is where it started on a station there and is expanding various places around the country, which we can talk about more in the future here. But yeah, that's kind of where this all culminated. I left the radio network I had been with in early 2022, and honestly, really at that point, was just searching, seeking, asking God, you know, what's what's next? I knew given me the uh, spiritual gifting of uh, discernment and, and looking at issues from a biblical worldview, and so that's the passion and the gifting that he had put upon my heart, but how was I going to use that? Mm-hmm. And I had a number of doors that opened and possibilities uh, in early 2022, and the only one that stayed open, and that's kind of a long story too, but uh, as I um, have the, the opportunity to preach at various places, and maybe we'll have time to talk about that later too, but as I've had that opportunity, one of the doors that opened up was the possibility of an associate pastor position, and that door eventually closed, or I felt like that was not the one that, that God was saying to go through and had other possibilities in radio that all those doors closed. And so all these different options uh, to look at or to consider, and the only door that stayed open was was the one for the plumb line. And so I was excited that God made it uh, very clear in that regard. Well, the plumb line is heard every Saturday and in the 11 o'clock hour, and that is on our radio station, WRZN. So those in the villages and Ocala, as a matter of fact, even those in Orlando can pick this radio station up too on the AM side at 720 AM. And that's also true with Gainesville. You can hear 720 even in the city of Gainesville. So there is some overlap. And you can hear Jay every Saturday at 11.05 with this radio program that we're going to be talking more about in our next segment. My guest today is Jay Rudolph, and I'll be back with Jay in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Back on the line with fellow broadcaster Jay Rudolph. Jay is coming to us from Iowa, and he is the host of a new radio program that is on our Ocala radio station, WRZN. 
His radio show is The Plum Line. Now, before we even talk about The Plum Line, I want to go back to something you said in segment one that really uh, resonated with me because that really is the heart of a lot of my program uh, guests as well. In fact, is the whole my whole program that I do here on the radio station is aimed at looking at life, interviewing people uh, through the lens of a biblical worldview. And you mentioned that same phrase. So at some point in your life, that realization, that light went on, that there are a couple of ways of looking at life and all of the things that happen in life. One of those ways, and I would think, and I know you would say this as well, that is the right way is to do it from a biblical worldview. What was it that changed you and your mind and gave you that conviction? Mm, well, that came very early on. As I said, I came to faith, you know, a little bit later in life when I was 28 years old. And so at that point, I had kind of established, obviously, a, a worldview, which would not have been a biblical worldview because I wasn't uh, grounded in the scriptures, certainly. But it's amazing what God did for both my wife and myself. It was pretty much instantaneous. Not only did he save us, he just poured, it's like he poured his word. And, you know, as he gave us his spirit, of course, he gave us this understanding of his word. And I felt like, you know, very quickly, I came to this point of of looking at life through the lens uh, of the Bible, even though I didn't know the Bible very well at that point, I was still in process, as I said, of began to read from cover to cover. And so as I got all the way through for the first time and have now read through the Bible cover to cover a few times, and of course, with each time we get uh, that worldview more grounded, but I I felt like it was a pretty rapid process where God showed me this is the way you are to look at issues and to look at things going on in your life is by what my word says, not by what the world is trying to tell you. And so mm-hmm. that, that was a, not really a lengthy process for me anyway. And when you get that conviction in your heart, I know this is true for me. I'm sure it is for you as well. You look around at what's going on and what's happening in the world. What's being reported on is commonplace. The news that is uh, hitting us all in the face every day about these gender issues and transgenders and and all of the different type of uh, lifestyle and, and the alphabet soup being named with the LGBTQ, et cetera. You, you wonder what in the world happened. You talked about your change going into uh, this whole thing of a biblical worldview happening almost instantaneously. For many, it feels that our country changed underneath our feet almost instantaneously too. But the truth is it's been heading that direction for a long time. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it certainly has. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to bring up, kind of what led me really to produce this show, one of the things that really kind of startles me or makes me incredibly sad is the the statistic, and Barna Research has been looking at this for many, many years, those who hold to this biblical worldview. And the most recent that I had seen showed that just 9% of self-identified Christians hold a biblical worldview. Now, there's a couple things key there. One is self-identified Christians. So these are people that told Barna that they, they believe they're a Christian. That obviously they may, not, may or may not be. So there might be quite a few in there who are actually not Christians. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, that statistic of 9% was just so stunning and disturbing to me that people would say they're Christians, but yet the Bible doesn't form how they look at the world. And so that uh, told me that there is really a need, and maybe you were, you know, maybe I'm sure you've heard those statistics too, and maybe we're convicted over that as well. But uh, there, there are quite a few programs that have come out recently to try to address this, to try to encourage those who are saying that they're believers in Christ to say, hey, tune in, and we want to help you to rightly divide the Word of Truth, to look at what the Word of God says and apply it to your lives, to put it into to practice in your lives. And that really was the aim and the goal. And, and it was all brought about, like you say, mm-hmm. by a culture that continues to go even more and more awry or astray from the Word of God. It really does. This culture seems uh, almost bent on pushing out anything of a biblical worldview in people's, not only their minds currently, but their memory in the past. I mean, that's what it feels like they're trying to do, and they're trying to make us accept and celebrate lifestyles and ways of thinking that are not biblical and uh, are really quite dangerous, quite frankly. So I'm just really glad to have somebody on board with us here on the radio station like yourself that has this heart 
and has this conviction that God wants us to not only know his word, but that his word should be what informs our way of thinking and uh, that image, uh, if you will, of a lens being kind of like how we view the world. It's through the lens of a Bible-based understanding and the, the plan of God that really does affect not only the way we think, but the way we see and the way we walk. And so that's really cool. I love the way you're doing that. Now, the plumb line. Now, that's a neat metaphor all by itself. How did that come about? Yeah, well, that came about just through a process, I think, of my wife and I um, just discussing what do we want to call this new venture that God is leading us to. And, yeah, we just kind of tossed out a variety of different uh, names or ideas, and that is definitely the one that stuck. I think the second that it was mentioned, I don't recall if it was her or myself, which one of us brought it up, but the second I heard that, I said, yep, that's that's it, because the plumb line is God's Word. When you read the Word of God, and look in Amos in particular, but it's mentioned other places, but the very first show, which those in the Ocala area, if you heard the very first show that aired on July 1st, uh, there on the air, that's what we did. We we talked about why it was called the plumb line in the book of Amos, and as I said, other places too, God's Word is referred to as the standard, the plumb line by which we judge our lives. And if we are not uh, living according to his word, we are ourselves arrive from this plumb line. We are not uh, living straight. So the plumb line is designed to, you know, in a physical sense, to, to show that something is perfectly true and straight, mm-hmm. uh, vertically straight in particular. And so when we consider that in relationship to the word of God, if we're you know, not living according to his word, we're crooked. We're not living the straight, uh, right, upright life, I guess we could say. That's right. And we need that uh, that true bar, the the measurement bar. And that's what the word of God does. It's, it's a gold standard. And, you know, I think for many, many years, our ancestors in this country believed that even if every one of them didn't follow it right down the line, there still was a tried and true and deeply held belief that there was such a thing as the good book, the old-fashioned values that were, in essence, the plumb line to how we should live. Uh, that day, too, seems to be over here in our country, and only a few people, and I'm grateful to be one of, and you are one of, uh, the people that are on, on air in this country, making a call that we return to the things, to that rock that was uh, there, that, that, that rock from which we were hewn, as the scripture says. Yeah. And that's what we need to go back to and realize that there is such a thing as truth. And in a day when we're living like today, man, where truth seems to be so, um, man, it's almost, uh, it's, it's completely irrelevant to what has ever been before and subjective in every way to what your thinking is. People say, your truth is not my truth. And that just couldn't be farther from the real truth. And that's what we're called to bring. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Mike, I, I feel like that is really the root of every problem in our nation and in the world is this reality that we have rejected the absolute inerrant authority and truth of the Word of God. And as soon as you start to pick and choose and say, well, you know, these things that Jesus said here about loving others, that you know, that's all good. I'm, I think we should follow that. But eh, what he had to say here about uh, one man, one woman marriage, that doesn't really apply anymore because we can love, you know, I'm a man, I can love another man if I want to. And as soon as we start to pick and choose and throw out, you know, and take what we like and throw out the rest, that is the root. That's the source of, of all our problems. And it ultimately comes down to pride, which I, I would say is the root of all sin, really. And maybe you can comment on your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, there's certainly, I mean, God hates pride. He really does. He hates uh, the haughtiness. And we know the Bible says pride comes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And so it is really, truly living as if we don't need God when one is proud and one thinks that their way is as good as any way. I had a chance one time to, with a neighbor when I lived in Gainesville, to take him at his request to kind of meet with him and talk. I, he was an atheist, a self-described atheist, and he wanted to hear me out. He liked my kids. He saw my grown children 
And he thought, that's pretty cool. He had small kids. He goes, how did you do that? Well, I I told him how we had raised them. And so even though he claimed to be atheist, he said, I'd like to hear you out. So I talked with him and he made this statement when I presented the gospel to him. He said this, he said, well, I'm pretty sure that if I were in the presence of God, when I die and I'm in the presence of God, I would have no problems uh, explaining to him and convincing him why I'm worthy to Mm. go to heaven. That's what he told me. And he was, this guy was a professor in college. And how in the world he came to that conclusion and is really basing his life on it. He's banking everything on it. That's just really scary. Yeah, the intelligence of the worldly wise is foolishness to God, right? Yeah, that's exactly right, man. And that's why you and I do what we do, uh, specifically for that reason, because we want people to understand that that's, you know, <laughs> in light of God and his um, omni- omniscience, omnipresence, and everything else, all of his uh, attributes, we just, you know, we don't stand on the even ground by any means with, with God. That is for sure. So you mentioned earlier, Jay, that on that very first program, which our only our Kala listeners heard, you kind of explained some of the uh, origins of the show, the plumb line that you do each week. Can you kind of go back over for the rest of us what was included in that program? Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting because my very first guest when I launched this show, it's actually the same show that aired in December in Des Moines when the show launched there. I am using in all the different markets that I move into. I start with that exact same show, edited a little bit, of course, but Reverend Kyle Norman, my guest, is actually out of British Columbia and up in Canada and, uh, you know, north uh, northwest of the, well, I guess it'd be a little bit northeast of the state of Washington where he's located. And I came across him just by doing a little internet search. And maybe you find some of your guests that way too, Mike, but it's amazing what you can find nowadays just through searching on the internet and never heard of this uh, gentleman, but I read a column by him that I found online and said, you know, he really nailed exactly what I was thinking of with the title, The Plumb Line. And so I I brought him on, had him share a little bit about it. He pointed out that he actually, as a man that's probably about my age, I'm in my mid-50s, and I think he's probably about the same, maybe a little younger than me even, and he really hadn't even been familiar with what a plumb line was from a, a worldly standpoint anyway. And so he shared a little background about what the plumb line actually is, how it's used by contractors and painters, those who do construction, uh, to make sure a wall is vertical, as I shared a little earlier in our discussion here. And then right away, he turned to the scriptures and took us to Amos chapter 7, where God is judging the Israelites by this standard, by this plumb line, which is his word. And there it says, the minor prophet Amos says, this is what he, he being God, showed me. The Lord was standing by a wall that had been built true to plumb with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord asked me, what do you see, Amos? A plumb line, I replied. Then the Lord said, look, I am setting a plumb line among my people Israel. I will spare them no longer. And obviously this is a prophecy for Israel, but I think it has some prophetic message for us in America today as well, and really all around the world. And the message is that this plumb line still exists, that plumb line is God's word. It is our standard. And we went into that in detail and shared how, as I said earlier in our discussion, Mike, how when we do not live according to this perfect, uh, inerrant standard of God's word, we are sinning. We are going against what his word uh, tells us uh, we should do if we want to live uh, a godly and, and upright and, and life that pleases the Lord. And so that is really what the, the broadcast is all about. It's to take a look at every topic or issue that we can think about or discuss as humans and what God's Word has to say about it. And believe it or not, God's Word has something to say about anything you can think of. You know, it may not use the exact word, like the word transgender might not be there, certainly, but uh, we can see and take uh, take a lesson or, or learn from what God's Word has to say about all these things, even though it may not address the exact word, if, if you get what I mean here. Absolutely. And, you know, when you think about it that way, that not only is God's Word uh, addressing these issues, like the gender issue, but so has these years since 
uh, Jesus, uh, the 2,000 years of recorded history for crying out loud means a lot too. And so all of a sudden we're now told that this uh, plumb line, if you will, from a culture, cultural secular standpoint is now bending all the way down to include all of these other things is preposterous in the light of history. And so we know that history is great. God's word is much greater and we need to understand that. And I think one thing that comes to my mind is a potential reason is that we all know that God's grace is sufficient, that we're saved by grace, not by our works. But then there's this other side of, uh, of grace that uh, the pendulum swings a little too far in that direction. And that can become what some people have called greasy grace, where we think that, okay, I can do whatever I want to do and still have the acceptance and be in the middle of God's will. And therefore I can do whatever I want. You know, these little, these little laws from God, they really don't matter. Right. I mean that there's a lot of people who believe that. And it's like antinomianism, you know, it it is, it is without law of of any kind of law. And that's not good either. Right. Yeah. That's what Paul addressed in Romans. And he talked very about that very thing. Why he said, in essence, why would we want to do that? You know, I, I have the freedom or the right to, to do anything really, but why would we want to, why would we want to sin against this one who died uh, in our place and took our sin upon himself? That's just utter foolishness to, to do that, isn't it? It certainly is. And, you know, I'm just grateful for what is the word of God and a solid biblical teaching that I've been able and you've been able to receive that is doctrinal and is biblical. And I tell you, man, that's what our culture needs, whether they realize it or not, whether they will ever accept it or not. I don't know. But I'll tell you this, that's what they need. The missing ingredient in all of this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we need. And that's why I like the title of your show so much. It's the plumb line for living the life that not only is a good life and uh, one that will be a blessing to us in our lifetime, but more importantly, one that would please God and according to his plan and his will. Jay Rudolph is my guest. We'll be back with Jay for one more segment. This is Afternoons with Mike. You're on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Jay Rudolph is my guest on the line from Iowa, and Jay is the host of The Plumb Line. It's heard every Saturday morning, 11.05 on WRZN, and that, of course, our Ocala, the Villages, uh, heard also right now uh, during this season up in Gainesville, and that's great. Glad to have uh, all of these uh, programs like The Plumb Line on The Shepherd, and I love the fact that we have programming that talks about truth, talks about uh, the looking at life through the eyes of a biblical worldview, because our culture is a lot different. I mean, I've said this phrase many times. This is not our grandfather's world, culturally speaking. It's not. It's changed a lot. There's a lot uh, that is being talked about today that was never once ever brought up. I'm pretty sure a lot of people would be rolling in their graves if they could have an earshot of what's going on in the daily news in this country. But I am grateful for you, Jay, and how that God spared you from living in deception. He spared you and he gave you a charge and you're living out that charge and you're going on the air in all these different areas and uh, you're doing the work. So thank you for that. Thank you for sharing what the plumb line means. And it's a really important thing, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm so very thankful for networks like the Shepherd and, uh, you know, stations all around the country that God has raised up. It's really God who is doing this work. And he has preserved a, a remnant of stations, we could say, that still proclaim the truth. Because the vast majority, as you know, do not. And how vital it is that we have stations and networks like the Shepherd that are continuing to rely upon and be dependent upon God and his mercy 
in bringing forth the truth and, and the fact, too, that we're still allowed to do that in America is something we don't want to take for granted. That's right. And I want to be very grateful. And there's there's a lot of bashing that goes out there about America. And it's spoken of often by in some circles as if we have no more freedoms left. And that's just not the truth. We do. I'm grateful for those that are wanting to keep a close watch, a close look at what's going on, because we don't want to lose any more of the the freedoms that we have enjoyed all of these years than we have to lose. And I, I pray, you know, you think about what the pandemic did. Uh, we saw how quickly a lot of people laid down their freedoms, and they did it voluntarily, thinking the best, only to find out that a lot of this has really not been a real good uh, move at all. So uh, I think if there was a lot of people that woke up as a result of 2020, and I'm praying that they stay alert and vigilant uh, moving forward. I, I'm sure you would agree. Mm, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking, too, it just came to mind that th- there is still a great need. I mean, what you and I do, and there are many others, too, that do you know, programs that look at issues and topics from a biblical worldview and things, and there's some great ones out there. But as I thought about that, I wanted to do a little uh, maybe shameless self-promotion, I don't know here, but uh, the the Plum Line is actually a daily show uh, in uh, the Ocala area there, and on The Shepherd, it is on a weekend edition on Saturdays. But uh, I wanted to mention that, like pretty much all of these shows and ministries, it's listener-supported. And so, folks out there, if you if you hear it and you appreciate it and you like it, I would absolutely love to be on daily there. There are some other markets where the show is on daily. That's how it started in Des Moines as well with a, a daily show. And so, but that all comes down to sadly what a lot of the world revolves around uh, money. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, thankful, I get it. Thanks. Thankfully we know our God is, is greater than money. And if it's his will, he'll provide and he'll take care of it. But I, I did want to mention that if that's all right. Absolutely. I appreciate that. And friends, if you'd like this program, you've heard it and you'd like to see it, well, that can be arranged. And so all you have to do is contact the radio station and say, Hey, I would love to see this happen. What's uh, what's the address for this guy? And then we'll have them send that directly to you, and you'll know, man. That's awesome. And we would love right, to have that to be the case, Jay. You know, looking at our, our culture today, what are some of the big-ticket items that you see right now that uh, all believers, regardless of what part of the country they're living in, they need to be aware of, they need to be watching closely? What do you see those issues being? Well, number one, I think, is AI, artificial intelligence, is slow. Well, I was going to say slowly but surely, but I think it's more rapidly than than I even imagined taking over the, the world. And one of the programs, in fact, the one that just aired this past uh, weekend, uh, July 8th, on, uh, on the station there, dealt with. AI. Yes. And uh, I believe you guys carry um, Jan, Jan uh, Michael's program. All Jan Markell, yes. Um, Jan Markell's program. I got it confused. Ken Michael is the guy I interviewed. Yeah. He's, he's the guy with Olive Tree. But yeah, when is your when is that on? I'll give you a chance to promote. Here. Well, it's on several times. Uh, it's on the weekend. They have it on positioned a couple of times on uh, all of our stations. And so, yeah, we were listening to this past week ourselves and it's quite eye-opening what's going on with yeah. the ai yeah it sure is yeah yeah and so ken michael from jan markell's ministry which is based out of minnesota so he's kind of near me and iowa where i am but uh, i've had him on a few times before in fact you'll probably hear him more on wrzn there um, but he talked about yeah ai and just the advances of it and uh, how it all in his view and i would say in mine as well is leading up toward the end. Uh, it's leading up to an, uh, a rising of the Antichrist, I believe, and you can see how AI could very well be employed by an Antichrist-led uh, government. And so, yeah, so you can you can catch all of that. Um, you can hear those past editions of the Plum Line, by the way, at places where you go for podcasts. So um, like many of the broadcasts, you can find them in podcast form. Just look for the plumb line with Jay Rudolph. But that that comes stands out to me as number one. The other one that I would mention just briefly is critical theory, and not just critical race theory, but critical theory can delve into a variety of different uh, issues. And that is another one that you will be hearing me cover a few times. I've had some fantastic guests deal with that, and so you know, soon soon to come, I guess we could say, on the weekend edition of the plumb line, we will be tackling that. And I think what makes that a really big one is. The church has brought, I believe, bought into deception 
on this particular matter. And when it comes to none of us want to be called racist, obviously, and none of us want to be perceived as racist. And in an effort to avoid that, the church has kind of bent this plumb line, like you, I think that's kind of the illusion you said earlier, has bent this plumb line too far the wrong direction so that they become accepting of something, this critical theory, which is really very antithetical to the gospel in my mind. Yeah, I love that uh, image that, again, the plumb line. And, you know, I had an opportunity one time. This was, uh, oh my goodness, this would be back around 1994. We had a big hailstorm come through this area and it bashed our house. It, it completely obliterated an outdoor storage shed that I had that was made of metal. So I, I, I looked at that when the insurance company, where they were very gracious, they were going to buy us a new metal shed. But I could pay a little bit more and get this nice woodshed. And I thought, well, that's really great. I'm going to do that. And we had already the pad was already poured. Obviously, that wasn't heard from the hail. And uh, we, we tore that metal shed down. And I got this kit for building this outdoor wood. And it was going to be painted the same color of my house and all of that. And it was great. And my dad was there and he was helping me. But I laid all of the the kind of like the foundation outline of the, of the building out based on my previous um, the the pad that was there upon which this metal building was sitting. And, you know, I, I made a critical mistake. You're talking about critical theory. I made a critical mistake. I assumed, and we all know that it's not a good idea to assume. I assumed that that pad was square. And it was real close. Jay, it was real close to being square. But you know what, man? It wasn't square. <laughs> it wasn't exactly square. And so I've got this wood thing and everything went up beautifully until we got to the roof and where the roof was supposed to then tie up with the little point at the top of the roof, you know, right? As all roofs have the, the, the peak, it, the, the fact is it was there that we could see how off center, how off square that building was. And were it not for the real brilliant, my dad was with me. He had some great fixes in his mind as how we could do it. But it took a fix to correct the problem that was very minor down low, but way up high it was several inches. And we had to make some real uh, neat corrections to make that thing come together. That's that would be awful, wouldn't it, to get to our life and spend our entire life thinking that well, that little thing that was off in our foundation when I was thirty. Now, when you're seventy, uh, it's going to be much, much bigger. That's why I like that metaphor so much. Mm, yeah, it can definitely affect your family for generations to come. If yes. there's something that you, especially if you're talking about, you know, a sin, you talk about generational sin and how if that's allowed to persist, yeah, that just keeps you off from that plumb line over and over for generations sometimes. So, yeah, I know what, what you mean. What advice do you have, Jay, for people who say, man, I, I, I get it. I'm, I'm hearing this. I look at the, my life. My life is not being viewed through this lens of a biblical worldview, man, it's too late for me, isn't it? What would you say to them? Mm, thank you for bringing that up, because God directed me right off the bat with this show that if someone doesn't know Jesus Christ, doesn't have a relationship with him, they're really not going to care what the Bible says about such and such issue. And so in every edition of The Plumb Line, I have made it a point to clearly present the gospel of Jesus Christ and invite people uh, to receive Christ. And also to, to say that that's why whoever the guest that I have on that day, you know, we, he and I, or she and I, whatever it is, that's why we are talking the way that we are, why we're referring to the Bible, because we have faith in Christ. Uh, we believe in him and we are um, just standing and abiding uh, in his word. And so thank you for that opportunity, because what you're getting at there is the most important decision that each and every one of us has to make. And it's one that can be made no matter what you're in the midst of right now. You can be uh, in the involved in the deepest, what you would consider to be the, the worst sin possible. You could have murdered somebody yesterday, and you can come to faith in Jesus Christ today. 
with only repentance and belief needed. That's all is required, is that you acknowledge that sin in your life, whether it's murder or just a, a word that you said in anger to someone. I was just recording a program today on anger and talking about how all of us have, have some sort of, some form of anger in our lives, and that is sin. And so we need to acknowledge that. We need to recognize we have sinned, we have broken God's law, all have sinned, and um, all are in need as a result of the payment for that sin, for that uh, the yeah. punishment that we owe, which was made by Jesus Christ. He paid it all. He took it upon himself on the cross. And it doesn't matter what the sin is, what you've done, what you've maybe neglected to do. Uh, God has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to reconcile us to himself, to restore what we broke uh, with our sin. And, yeah, that's as simple as it is. Repent and believe in the gospel. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. I love the, the promise that the Lord gave the thief on the cross who had done zero in his life to ever do anything mm-hmm. for God, and yet he looked at him and gave him the promise of paradise because he believed and because he had that heart. And, you know, I, I hear often, I, years ago I heard somebody say this, Jay, and I never forgot it. He said, oftentimes we're worried about the sins of commission when we also need to be concerned about the sin of omission, making sure that we are not missing something that God has told us to do. And, you know, it's so easy to do that. That's why we need the Bible. That's why we need the standard of a plumb line to really be able to know how we should be walking, to be vigilant, to walk that walk in faith, and to do it when trusting the Lord, because it is all about Him and not about Mm. us, as if he should do things our way. Well, I tell you, that's great. Think of that verse, you know, anyone who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. That is such a convicting verse, because if you think you've been doing pretty well, and I haven't sinned in this way, I haven't sinned in that way, think about it that way. If you've known something that you should have done and you didn't do it, that's a sin also. That's right. But his answer is the antidote for all of that, and that was the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, shed for us on Calvary, that all who would trust in him, Romans 10, 10, believe in our heart that that he is the, the son of God and that the Lord raised him from the dead, then we will be saved. That's what we need to do. We need to confess him as Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jay, for being with me, and we look forward to hearing more about uh, what's going on in this ministry through your show, The Plum Line, heard every week on WRZN right now, uh, uh, and that is at 11.05 on Saturdays. We thank you for being with us today, and we wish God's blessing upon you, my friend. Thank you, and the Lord's blessings to you as well, Mike. All right, and we'll see you guys next time right here on Afternoons with Mike. 